Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. We've got a great episode here for you today. We first start off with deep diving into Amher's business as he takes a big step in another direction in order to increase his service offering. We then go into a really great conversation that I think a lot of people will get a lot from about humanizing and empathizing every single conversation that you have primarily with clients if you're a business owner or manager how to get through perceivingly difficult situations and disputes and there's a real life example of myself that happened this past week and John weighs in along with Amer on past experiences that they've had too as a lot of us if we're running home service businesses are really ramping up production for the year. It's really important that we just start inviting these challenges into our business and handling them with a certain degree of peace. So really, really important uh, episode here for everybody. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Weekly Call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Call. We've got uh, we've got some birthday boys here. We had John and Amber both have a birthday this past week. So uh, I don't know like how that. old these guys are, but uh, happy birthday to John and Ammer. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. I did. I, I, I completely dropped the ball that I did not know that Ammer also had a birthday this week. Yeah, May mine was 25th. four days before yours. May 25th Jeez. and May 29th, I think. Eh? So what happens when you don't have Facebook, you just don't know anyone's birthday. No, remember we we got on here once and we all asked for each other's birthdays. Hey, look at this, guys! Look at this. Yeah, you see, that's exactly what I have on mine. It's exactly what I got. So don't try what? this Facebook nonsense on me. All right, <laughs> nice try. Not in front of these dudes. How old did you? How old did you turn? Eighteen. <laughs> Amber, did you no. actually turn twenty-three? I did. Okay. Oh, you're old. Okay. Michael Jeez. Jordan, baby. John, did you turn twenty-six? Twenty-five. Mm. halfway to 50 i'm turning 25 this year too so now we got 23 24 me 25 there we go i like until august i I didn't so i'm the oldest then yeah we knew that though i actually didn't know that i thought you were definitely the oldest austin oh yeah interesting it's the glasses you know it's the it's the cheetah leopard blueprint uh blue light glasses that's what the master's degree i think also does it too yeah exactly the sounds old the uh, yeah, the wrinkles. I'm also wearing I'm also wearing a Labatt 50 T-shirt, so I don't know big what that time. Is. It's a it's a it's a beer. Maybe. Oh, there you go. It's just like a lower. I don't know. I don't want to offend anyone. It's a lower quality beer. 
Why are you wearing the it's shirt? Like a dad shirt. Apparently, they make better shirts. Uh, one of my friends, shout out to uh, to Paul. Uh, used to work at Labatt. Used to get a bunch of merch. So, how much do you think it's correlated that because they have shirts, they also have bad beer because they're not focusing on the beer; they're focusing on the shirts. Well, and, yeah, I, I mean, Labatt's also, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's kind of like uh, you know, it's kind of like Budweiser. They're not necessarily competing for like the highest quality beer, you know. Mm. It's just like the most. Uh, you can consume a lot of it and not feel like you've eaten seventeen meals. And uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of beers. Beer has a weird market for sure. Mm. Yeah. How was your How was your guys's weeks? Pretty good, man. Pretty pretty awesome. I uh, something spectacular. Remember we talked about the flywheel, you know? Yes. So I actually got that book, Good to Great. Oh wow! Uh, by that fellow there, forgot his name. What's his name again? Jim Collins. Good to Great. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Good to find this out. And he talked about the flywheel effect, and I experienced another flywheel within my business that I didn't even know existed. I was on a sales call, and the guy was like kind of on the fence about making the investment, and I'm like, listen, listen, dude, open up your computer, go to Zoom, let me share my screen. And here's all I did. I didn't even show him the program. I went on Facebook. I went on to our like private Facebook group where it's members only and they can post like questions and they can celebrate wins. I just opened up the Facebook group and for two minutes I just scrolled through and let him read what people said. And people were saying like, oh, you know, this guy made 40000 in a month when last year he only made 10000 Somebody said that this program changed his life, you know, some really amazing stuff. And in two minutes, he was like, okay, I've seen enough. I want in. And so that made the sale. So I didn't know that was a flywheel that existed, but it did. If somebody's on the fence, instead of showing them testimonials, which seem like they're a bit scripted and not very, you know, as real, just go right. through the Facebook group. And I, and I love that. So I discovered that. And in the book itself, I, you know, going through that, I realized that I was running a very good consulting business, but not a great one, right? So um, we're not really great. We're, we're, I think we're really good at everything except attracting clientele. Yes, I can fill up my schedule sometimes, but not consistently. So I said enough is enough. And we invested a third of all the money we ever have into uh, purchasing a consulting program that's made for consulting firms that want to scale from six figures a year to six figures a month. And uh, I'm going to start getting mentored twice a week. And I'm ready to take this business to the next level. So putting all my eggs in the basket, choosing not to pay myself and spend almost half of the bank account on this program. No payment plans, nothing, because I, I truly believe in karma, which is you know, if I do a lot of payment plans and I don't make decisions on online programs, my customers will do the same. If I go and pirate some bunch of stuff like books and movies, then people are just going to pirate my program. Like it's just a thing, right? So I'm putting all that aside, putting all my money where my mouth is, and I've invested um, pretty pretty heavy number into getting into this program. And my first coaching call is tomorrow. And I'm just so excited to just be like, look, here's my business. Here's its numbers. Um, give me coaching, just like my customers do with me, and it's really cool. You're trying to be, really a, you're excited. trying to be a good, um, a noble steed. I, trying no, to be what? A, a noble steed. 
a noble, uh, like a good student, you know? Oh, 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 yes. Isn't steed like a horse? Yes, <laughs> a noble steed. It's like a saying, I think, isn't it? Oh, it's... <laughs> Yeah, nice. Dirt. It's a it's a saying from Shrek, actually. So <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, for those of you that caught that, you're the you're the real ones. The Shrek references, but no, I get what you mean. You like, it, it's there's also an impact too. Like since I became a, a coach and a district manager, I now receive coaching better from Patrick. Yeah, right? it's so cool, man. Yeah, so yeah. this guy, this program, if you guys are wondering, it's called the Up Level Program. It's from Consulting.com. And the person that's going to be coaching... There's a domain name. Yeah. Half a million dollars it cost them. Um, they do around 15 to 20 million a year. So they're pretty ridiculous. They have 16,000 members uh, in their first program. So they have three different programs. And I joined... So they, this... they consult people on how to consult? Uh, no, they consult people on how to build their online consulting firm. Not necessarily how to consult. No, not the how to consult. Yeah. I'm the only well, person who but, knows how to consult my niche. You you did buy, there was an initial course that you bought through that same... Like, yeah, the group. initial course was meant to get my business to that six-figure mark per year, which we are. We're comfortably doing over 10000 a month. But like, that's not why I quit StudentWorks. I quit StudentWorks so I can do seven figures with this mm -hmm. business, right? So mm -hmm. I need to do 100000 a month minimum for me to be anywhere near as happy as I want to be. So um, these guys will show me better ways to optimize my Facebook ads, my funnel, how to really hone my sales script, how to draw more referrals, how to attract more organic clientele. I mean, all the technicals. Um, so how to have better tracking systems, how to read my data better, uh, to come at more rational conclusions to different ad sets. Like, I'm just so excited, so I don't know what to expect, but the main thing is having somebody to talk to twice a week who you know runs a 20 million a year company. Um, the, guy, like, the reason this program costs so much is because you're on the phone with the CEO of that company. Sam Ovens, right? Not Sa Sam Ovens is the founder. He used to be the CEO. He used to do those sales calls, um, but his business partner, Jesse, um, he's the one that's running those calls now. And Sam is actually no longer CEO of, the, of his own business. He kind of promoted Jesse there because he just did it way better than him. And Jesse and, and uh, Sam Ovens is now in the background building software and the products. So he's more on the product development side because that's what he's really good at. Um, he's not really a people person. He's very introverted. Um, he can give good coaching, but he's, he's also very ice cold and um, doesn't really like explain things well. He's very robotic in nature. Um, think of him like a uh, like a Rain Man type figure, you know. Um, and then, whereas Jesse is a great CEO, gives gives great advice, and um, yeah, I'm just excited to spend you know twice a week with him and uh, get get my business to where where it goes because I know I have a great product, and I just not, I'm not reaching the right amount of people. Not enough people are convinced of this product, so I have to get better huh. at selling this thing. And um, Man, pretty cool. there's a revolution coming. I'm so interested to hear how that relationship goes with Jesse because... I'm so excited, man. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, you know, with the training that we've gotten up, I guess, up until this point, like, we're at least, I guess you could say, smart enough to know that there's a lot that we know that we don't know, you know? So it's like just knowing that you can maybe somehow tap into that through, you know, a coach like Jesse is, is pretty exciting. So yeah, yeah. which is pretty cool. Now, of... now I have a, like a district manager, which I've been kind of like yeah, really yeah. yearning for, you know. 
Yeah, so, Patrick, where you at? Let's go. Yeah, well, no, pa- well, Patrick trying. and I are equally as clueless no, on how to know, grow know, this, right? I so I know. I'm just trying to make Pat. Pat, I'm just if you're listening, I was trying to make that forehead. Pat's not listening. Pop out, Pat's man. not listening. Relax. <laughs> That's not listening. No, uh, he told me he's like, uh, well, he, a lot of, of course, a lot of people from Student Works listen to this, which is amazing, and. Um, people are always chatting with him about uh, stuff that we say here and like systems and implementation and, and all this stuff. And, and they just, apparently the people that are talking to him just like assume that he also knows, you know, like that he also listens. It's <laughs> just like, no, I didn't. Yeah. So that's, what's exciting. I'm very excited about this part. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, wow. that's, that's how my week is going pretty good. That's a huge leap, man pretty good overall so yeah after our last conversation i just knew something had to change Uh, i realized my meekness around money and spending money has held me back so by pretty much what's the word by accepting the opposite side of that which is spending more money than i'm making just accepting that instead of avoiding it and focusing on more in the long term and saying, you know what, I'm going to invest money now so I win in the future instead of counting my dollars and being all meek and frivolous. I just said, you know what, I'm just going to go all in, put all my eggs in one basket. I've, I've, what I've actually done, funny enough, we talked about this, I put myself in death ground. So there is no plan B. It, it, it sounds like you need to sell yourself in the same way that Jesse has sold you on their course. Like all of the arguments you just presented for why you bought Jesse's program seem to be the same arguments that some you need to convince someone else of. Yeah. Because you, you are totally sold on their arguments, right? But yes. I think it's the same arguments for the person that you're selling to as well. Yeah, so I actually thought about this. It's like a chain and, of selling. Oh, dude, 100%. I have my closing rate actually is pretty good for when I have somebody in front to sell to. My problem is getting that person in front of me. It's the technical side of it because you need to run ads and get people in your meeting and have people actually pick up your phone call. That is the tough part that I'm struggling with. Not when I have them on the phone, my closing rate is above market average and I'm, I'm, I'm improving it to try and double it. So on average, people can close around 10% of the time on the call. I'm closing around like 26%. This month I'm closing at 50%, which is pretty cool. So it's just like having the people in front of me, that's that's the okay part. It's just generating these like consulting sessions. That's the part I need to get really good at. Once people are on the call, once people are in the program, they get crazy results. They're referring it to their friends, but it's that first part that I need to tweak. Is it where where where's the breakdown? Like, is, are you not generating enough leads, or are you not converting enough leads into? I'm not calls? generating enough leads. Hmm. Yeah, that is that is. I, I can't just go knock on doors. I wish I did, right? But that I can't. I need to run better Facebook ads, and there's a lot of technicalities to it. It's not just writing good copy, um, but it's how do you write good copy? What elements should you include? What should you? Exclude? Unfortunately, there's just like not large groups of mediocre contractors that you can target, right? You can probably find target uh, groups of successful contractors, maybe. 
you know, like masterminds or something like that. But you don't really find these groups of people that would you would be trying to target easily, right? There's no group. Like, are there groups that you could find? Not, I don't mean just like Facebook groups. I mean like organizations that meet and that work together and that aim to, you know, like there are things. Uh, well, I would imagine, uh, like, isn't this not just the case of like what Charlie Munger says where he says like, you know, the best source of marketing is just the work on your desk? Meaning do a really good job with it? Yeah, like it seems like yeah. you're you're doing really good work for the people that are... Yeah that are you know like amber how many people have come through your funnel since you started meaning um not only people that you've signed sorry just like people when you say come through the funnel that that means a lot like like at the beginning of the bottom like like did that jumped on the call with me yes yeah that jumped on a call with me yeah um 118 people Okay, and let's assume like a, so what, like you've closed 30 to 50% of those? Yeah, out of 115 people that jumped on the call, 22 of them were not a good fit for this program. They thought it was something else. I didn't even like extend an offer. They don't know like my my services. Yeah. How many people closed? I closed 22 um, after the 115 minus 22. That and how many clients, like how many clients do you need in order to hit your goal? Um, in order to hit my goal of the six figures, I need to be closing. I need to be closing two sales a day. Is there not like a, is it like, is it a repeat customer base though? Like I'm, I'm kind of confused there. Like when you close someone as a, as a consulting contract, is it a product that you're selling them or is it a service? It's a product. Okay, so it's not a... It's one oh, time. I see. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, because we are working to build a recur- recurring revenue model. So it's not really consulting then, right? Like, isn't it like a... Well, consulting it's more like is just course, getting somebody... It it's, a, it's a program with coaching calls. It is consulting. I would say it's consulting. Consulting yeah. is getting somebody from point A to point B. That's what consulting is, through the sharing of knowledge. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, but I, but like like in a traditional sense, like when I think of hiring a consultant, I don't think of hiring like a like I don't I don't think of that as like a like a product. I think like like I would think of that as like a service. service. Yeah, like I would yeah. think of that as like an ongoing so like a, we like used an ongoing... to. So I I myself to be on the call with me, I charge three hundred dollars US per hour, and I've done this multiple times. But what I realized is, first of all, that's really expensive for a contractor. Second of all, there's only so much we can cover in an hour. And third of all, every single time I jump on the call with these contractors, I'm pretty much repeating the same information when they ask about marketing, when they ask about no, sales. No, no, Amara, what I'm saying though is, is it maybe just a miss, like, cause like, like if I was in the market for a consultant, like I would like, or sorry, if, if I was in the market for a course that was gonna teach me something, I may not be looking for the guy who's trying to sell me a consult consultant. Do you know what I mean? Like it, maybe it's two different things. Like, have you ever thought of that? Like, I'm not sure if, the, like for example, like someone who's looking for gutter cleaning may not call a window washing company because they may not yeah. know that's under the same umbrella, right? So I, I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing things out there. Like, have you ever- Just like that? you and I, John, a lot of people don't really think we, it's funny, like 
Oh, you do staining? Like I get that so so much. Like yeah, like yes. so like have you ever considered that maybe like people don't know that like like is it because like I mean personally like that sounds confusing to me like I'm I'm literally a, like I'm a tradesman in your thing and like that's confusing to me like I would I don't know if I would put those under the same category I think I think the gutter cleaning window washing is like the perfect example of that right mm. where Shack Shine they tried they they got around that because they're not a window washing company they're a house detailing company right so they actually created a whole new basically term a, yeah and they're the Shining only house detailing company in yeah, every like way it's a, yeah it's a shack shine right whereas all the time there's power washing companies there's window washing like and it's like do they do the same thing right i don't know I trade don't know, arc business improvements it just it just there to me go. like <laughs> It doesn't seem like <laughs> consulting and what you're selling are the same thing, right? And Got I'm it. sure that there's arguments, but just from a, like, I, I don't know if I'm your ideal customer. You raise an I, interesting point. I just, I, I don't know. It just seems interesting that you're, that you're selling it as consulting when it, to me, it sounds like you're selling more of a, like a done for you serve, like a service really is more of like a, if you're saying it's more of like a product and it just doesn't seem like the same thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't See that, that could be the thing. It. it could be my, my wordage. It could be causing confusion. I've also found that a lot of uh, contractors that just actually don't know what a consultant is. So <laughs> one thing yeah. that I've done is I've actually purchased the domain name um, contractingmentor.com. So I thought that okay. that was a, a pretty cool because I think most people on the call, I've been keeping track, most people say the word mentor instead of consultant once they're on the phone mm. with me as well as in my program. Mm. Interesting how that just naturally comes about like independently in different conversations, right? Yeah. So I've thought about this, John, before. I just don't know how to test the data for it. That's where I'm well, there stuck. Well, there was a guy, I, I remember like, you know, because it seems like you're kind of going down this path, right? Like at the at the 10X growth conference who was doing like on, on stage selling, which was like, it was great because you have a fully qualified arena full of people, right? Like that's mm-hmm. essentially like the 10X growth conference I later found out it's, I mean, I, I didn't, even, I, I didn't really feel like I got ripped off in a sense that like, you know, good for them for pulling it off. But essentially it was mm-hmm. yeah. them selling you to then be pitched, right? Which is fair enough, right? Because, you know, maybe the, the people that were pitching you actually were going to be able to help you. But essentially it's like the most qualified group of people ever because they've already been sold once they've already had all these like marketing and, and sort of they're in the right like, environment with the right timing with the right credit yeah, card yeah, with yeah. the right audience and, with the right people with the right credibility it's perfect and and each each salesman like really just gets the room like even more inclined to purchase you know some you know more you know especially because there's some people who don't even sell anything they just come on just to prime people for the next guy kind of thing and That's awesome. one of the guys had a unique thing that i think did pretty well which was that he sold a course, but then like with free consulting, like, so like it was two different things, you know, mm. his name was a, a, a Neek Signal and, or Signal or something, something like that, a Neek something. And, uh, that's what he did. He, and, and my, the guy next to me bought it, um, like a friend of mine. And uh, that's what it was. It was like a course, but then you also got the over the, he called it over the shoulder coaching. Amazing. That's really so, interesting. But that, but that's the thing. That's the thing, which is this seems like such a small thing, but mastering my messaging is like ninety percent of the game. Yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. I'll tell you right now, no one came on stage trying to sell consulting. No one came on and said hire me as a consultant. No one did that. Like everyone mm-hmm. had a course with some. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't. So that's why I say like when you when you're selling like a consulting 
core. Like it, 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 to me, it's, it's, it's almost like a miss, like it's, it's confusing to even to me, right. Even, mm. even as someone who knows what you do, it sounds, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I really don't think most people would even get to the point because I know, you know, you're explaining it to me like, well, no, but here's the definition of consulting. I don't think that you would get that opportunity. You're right. Like you have that with me, you do, but like, you're not gonna be able to explain that yeah. to anyone else. Right. So what about what about the word mentor? If somebody's told you, "Oh, I'm going to be providing you some contracting mentorship," I don't well, know. Amor, I, I have a really good idea on how to test this out. Yeah, what's up? If you want data on this, um, you know, there's thousands of people that you can have access to that used to run service-based businesses that you can ask about. Right? No, seriously, like yeah, just just asking them, like. Like it's like a two-minute survey. What do you find is most ner- most notable in terms of like, if if you were to launch a business, what would you look for in terms of like a uh, a complimentary service to help you grow, right? Like you, if you do really want to find out, like mentor, coach, or consultant, or program or or course, um, that's that's actually like huge just in terms of like the linguistic power behind those four words, right? And I totally get what you're saying. It is a it's a treacherous game because like I'm gonna write this down. I'm gonna test it. Well, I'm gonna spend Amber, a, a I mean, couple hundred just, bucks on testing this. Here, here, like I mean, just like my general overview of your business, it seems like your goal is to bring a systemized, like basically just to bring systems into the realm of like uh, to the unsystemized uh, parts of. Contract, contract okay there's a whole group of people who are just doing things i mean they have they have their own systems they're just terrible systems really and you're just trying to introduce them to new systems right um yeah like that's that seems what you're trying to do right yes yeah, yeah. i just i don't know if that's consulting necessarily right yeah. like yeah. I th- when i think of consulting because the other thing too that's kind of tough about consulting is that in a way, if when you hire a consultant, you're basically having to admit that you have a problem. And I don't think most people want to admit they already have a problem, right? Whereas when I view a, when I think of a course, I'm thinking of like there's a desired outcome that I can then go achieve. Like I'll get that desired outcome by achieving this course, right? Yeah, Whereas with consultant, it's more of like a re, like it's more of a like I have a current problem that I want. Yeah, I don't know. It's a different thing. If that makes sense. Yeah. It does. It really does. Because what you guys are commenting on, so I have all these thoughts and ideas of what to test, and then what you guys are commenting on is just bringing up some of these that I thought about before that I that I should test. But these are also things that maybe you know, like like this course that you just bought. Like I'm sure that they, ha- I'm sure that you know, you know, if they coach tons of people in, in your position, I'm sure that these things come up regularly. The same way that you know, if Austin was to you know, coach a series of rookies. I'm sure they all have very similar questions that, that Austin's like, ah, yeah, that question again. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Right. So over the shoulder coaching. Well, Is that what he said? Yeah. That's what he referred to it as. I love that. Yeah. Also the model of, uh, a course and the idea that if you buy the course, you get a certain amount of free coaching or free consulting. It's almost like a, a back entrance way into developing a relationship that you can then further sell them on consulting once they realize how much that relationship means. You know what I mean? Like you get the initial bite with the course with free consulting and they realize that the value is not necessarily just in the course, it's in 
having this group of people and especially you, right? Yeah, who, well, who... Of, of absolutely. That's because that's already what's happened to Ammer. He bought a course on consulting, went through <laughs> it, and now he just bought a course on getting a consultant. Like, that's literally no, I, what just happened. No, 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 but I know. No, but, but that's no, not I mean, how like, it was marketed to him, John. I'm no, saying of course if, not. But I'm saying he should market his business the same way that he got, like, like if you want to know if you want to know what works, it's what just works. Do what they do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? No, like, I, I know. I'm saying that if he did that, and it, but it has to all be coherent in this one first ad. Like, how can you communicate the perfect amount of both of those extensions in one ad and one exposure in three seconds? You know what I mean? Well, the, one of the things we've done and that I've that I've analyzed that I haven't gone full on in is con- contractors love certifications and licenses. That's what they've been doing to get their red seal, their certificate of something. Huh. So I, I actually have a certificate that I give at the end of my course for completing it. We have a final quiz where I go nice. audit your entire business and be like, you know what, you followed the program, you have all these systems, boom, you're now, you have the certificate of completion. So I could actually lead with that if you want to have a certified yeah, certified course in, in, in scaling a seven-figure, six-figure con- contracting business. But yeah, this is this is the fun part. This is what I like mostly about what I do. But yeah. Well, it's kind of like once, like if you have no, like if, if you don't have any like formal systems, your problem is that you need systems. But then once you actually know what systems you need to, you know, like once you know the systems, now your next problem is how do you implement them, right? Mm-hmm. And then like that's the, co- that's the consulting part, right? Mm-hmm. But like actually gaining the knowledge of the systems is a course, but the implementation is is a, is is consulting, right? I like that. Okay. Yeah. Changing the wordage. It's almost like you have to complete the course in order to be eligible for consulting. <laughs> Dude, that's actually a pretty aggressive way of wording it. Like, upon successful completion of course, <laughs> applications will then be open for consulting. Right. Yeah, hearts are like reverse cells, right? You know, so like actually, we, gotta, too, we, like, we don't we don't want to consult. Like, there's it'd be like we don't want to waste your money consulting you if you don't have the base knowledge required for us to yes. consult. So yeah. if you, if you want to us to consult you, you have to. Complete I'm this being course. sold right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's. I mean, yeah. If you want us to consult you, you have to complete this course, and we're not doing it because we want your money well, now. Like, it's kind of me, like with us, John. I mean, yeah. With all of us, we wouldn't have been allowed to start our business if we didn't attend January training, right? kind of the same thing well we may have been allowed to but our dms just would have been so much more frustrated working with us because we would have missed three full days of how to go start your business that's it well you know it's not it's not set in the same that in our initial call right like like a lot of people are like hey like do you think that we would like you know like you know they'll interrupt me and you know when i'm talking about the paint job and they'll say do you think that we could just chat about this at the estimate i said well to be honest, I, I, I want to have this conversation now just so that I don't come and waste your time or my time by coming out to do a quote prematurely. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm yeah. very aware of what the yeah, you know, project's yeah. going to entail. I just want to make sure something that we can actually take on. I want to make sure the proper timelines. I want to make sure we're on the same page of what's going to be done and how we do things so that we actually maybe are actually a good fit as far as what contractor you're looking for, right? Like if you're looking for the guy who's not going to do proper prep and doesn't have a warranty, but you're looking for a low price that's on us and i want to make sure i determine that now not when i drive out and waste all of your time showing up right yeah and then on top of it you know we we, we also are booking quite a ways out because we're a company that's in high demand and so i'd hate to drive all the way out there and then find out that you need it done by next week and we can't do it until july 
And then, and then even furthermore, I want to make sure that, you know, if you have other things that you need to solve beforehand of whether or not you could make a decision about painting, I'd want to make sure that we can schedule it after that to put you in the best position. Because one thing I do is that any of my clients that can make a decision during the estimate, okay, that price works, they like me, they say, let's, let's do it. I actually do a 10% discount. And I do that because I want to stay really organized and optimize the schedule for my painters. So that's why I want to have that conversation now. Does that seem fair? Right. And instantly the person's like, okay, yeah, this guy's about his shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're pre-qualifying your clients. Totally. Right. But like in the same, same way that thing. like, if I'm, if I'm going to sell someone in consulting, it's like, Hey, look at dude, like, I really want to consult you. You're fantastic. But like, you need to complete this course beforehand. Okay. I can give you a discount because you know, you seem like you're a guy who, you know, really wants to do the consulting. Okay. So like a lot of times I just sell the, the course and people don't want to do the consulting. I'll tell you what, I'll give you half off. You buy this course for 1500 bucks. Look, at, I don't want you to just pay me $1,500 for the course. I want you to then hire me as a consultant afterwards. So complete the course and then hire me as a consultant. But until you have that base knowledge, I don't want to waste your time or money. Because if you're paying me 1500 bucks a month as a consultant and you don't have the base knowledge, we're going to spend three months, which is $4,500 bucks in for me training you, right? Yeah. Whereas if you take this course on your own time and you come to me you know, already prepared, now we're going to be able to more effectively implement these strategies, right? Like that's kind of, you know, very loosely how I would try and approach it. I don't know. What do you think? I, I, I love it. Um, like but I think it's the a course is the initial call. It's, it's the pre-sell. The hmm. course, yeah. The, so the, the way course, they, yeah, is, is the, the, the model, the model that I'm following, which works, which is from the consulting.com is they have like a first course and a second course. And the only way you can get to the second course, which is like three times the price is by finishing and completing the first program, like the first course. Oh yeah, okay. Right, and then the final stage is stage three. When you've completed this course, the course before it, and you have to pay, I think like 35,000 US per year to be part of like a private mastermind with other like eight figure businesses. You know, What's so. the, well, okay, I have to ask because, you know, like, like, okay, so, when I determine the price of a paint job, there's logic and there's like, there's like, there's like, hey, here's how much it's gonna cost me. Here's an- I love this question. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. I, I am actually curious though. Like <laughs> what, what is the adequate return as a consultant? Because, and the reason why I ask, just hold on, before you, before you even wanna interject, let me just see where I'm coming from. It seems like if there was just crazy profit margins in the consulting industry, because it was just unjustifiably profitable, that that would be ripe for disruption in the sense that like if there was no logic as to how much you know a painting like painting contractors are charging people with logic would enter the market and you know effectively book more work and, and lower the and bring the price down for the consumer because that's what the market would determine it's like there's people unjustifiably charging high now there's people justifiably charging lower right so what do you think um i think it's 10 percent if you're building a course, the price of it is 10% what you would charge if you were doing it per hour. So if I was to deliver my entire program to somebody and they paid me $300 an hour, I think I would end up charging 30,000. To, to go through every spreadsheet, every concept, every training, and everything in between. So because it's productized, I would put it at 10%. So that's the first metric. And then the second metric is usually the price of the program should be three times the cost per acquisition. So if it's costing you a thousand bucks for a customer to acquire them, to charge them for a you know 
a $3,000, $4,000 course, it should be around that price range. And if that number increases, then you increase the price of the program because it's harder to, to fill that spot. So we're looking to increase our prices because our cost per acquisition has been steadily increasing by like 5 to 10%, which means we have to actually increase the price of the program. But and is the that just through the, just out of curiosity, is the reason why your customer acquisition cost is raising, is that for the same logic as to, if I send the same cold caller to the same neighborhood, he's just going to get less leads as he goes, right? And so my acquisition, like the first time I send on a cold caller to an area, he's going to get like 20 leads. The second time he gets 10, the next time he gets maybe eight, and then maybe he gets four. And then, you know, but, but and then and then finally it's the following year and maybe it resets, right? But is that kind of the similar logic? Like diminishing um, returns on the same demographic? Actually, yes, yeah. But the cool thing about Facebook is there's like thousands of different demographics that you can No, target. I'm sure, I'm sure. But it's the same idea though, right? Yeah. And yeah. we actually don't have retargeting um, set up yet. So I'm going to set this up next week. Or if you start like, if you click on my ad and you fall out of my funnel at specific stages, you get different ads to be like, oh, I, I saw that you clicked here, by the way. So you'll get retargeted, not just in Facebook, but on your Kindle, if it, if, if it allowed. If you're scrolling on your Amazon, you'll see my, my face on there with a message. I'll be all over your entire websites um, with, with proper retargeting. And I'm actually launching this next week. So mm-hmm. you, we do that through. I'm online, yeah. Yeah, so if it, let's say I send you a link right now and be like, hey, check this out, and you just click it once, I'll probably follow you around for the next two weeks. That's how it works. So... Um, it's really interesting. Uh, hmm. What do you find? It's really interesting. Well, okay. It's really interesting how much of modern day marketing, I mean, and this was, this is the same as it was the previous generation, but it's, it's, okay. It's, I guess even more generally, it's interesting how much, uh, marketing ultimately is, just predicated on the fact that someone at some point in time has to like like their attention has to like scan by what you're advertising right so like you know <laughs> yeah it is you know what i mean like so like at some point a in time billboard. like you'd have to yeah drive by a, a billboard, bus stop right? flyer but then but then of course after a while someone's like imagine if we get a billboard in someone's car and the guy's like radio right and then and then someone's like yeah but like what if like um uh, you know, I don't know. Um, well, I was just watching the hockey like game TV, with Miranda, right? and, uh, and, and, there's, there's and there's advertisements all along the hockey, like the boards in hockey. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. You know, there's, there's advertising there's, everywhere. Like, Geico. It's like, oh, I'm not. I'm buying car insurance from Geico now that I watch this hockey game. It's or it's just like I was talking about on previous episodes. It's just the idea of perceptual fluency. You know, it's like, oh, I've seen the, that brand name eighty thousand times. Yeah, and now but it's, when I think of car insurance, I think of Geico. You know, but that's yeah. true. It's Grant Cardone said that you buy where, from who you see. Well, hundred percent. Who you recognize? Yeah. It, yeah. But it it would be fascinating to live in a world where we could just elect to pay more to not see advertising. Like HBO yes. is a good example of this, right? Yes. Where and Netflix. I want to well. live in Netflix, an HBO. Netflix doesn't have advertising, right? Yeah. But you pay. But you have to pay for it, right? And same with HBO. Right? YouTube Premium is the same. Yeah, exactly, right? And Spotify premium. It's interesting though, because there's actually a legitimate argument, okay, to be made that if you pay more upfront to not have advertising, you'll pay less because you won't be sold on shit. Fair play. It's very true. Right. And so 
it's but so it, it's a precarious place to be as an advertiser because you know like I mean where people's attention moves will ultimately always try you know will always try and be monetized by or yeah pe- like if someone has something that draws people's attention a source of revenue is of course to sell that off to advertisers right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well but but here's the funny thing is is let's say you're listening to Tim Ferriss there's sponsors within his actual podcast that you can't skip as well. So marketing will always adapt to getting your attention one way or another. Yeah. yeah. Which is actually why, by the way, I stopped listening to podcasts. You're kidding. No. I, 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 I mean, I effectively have stopped. I mean, there's I'll listen to the odd interview here and there. But mm-hmm. I stopped because I realized it got to the point where it's basically now turning into TV. Where the content is is being driven down, I think the con the, uh, the the content quality is being driven down dramatically because at this point it seems like the way to make money in podcasting is to is to spit out more episodes at lower quality, but to get more but but to get more eyes, more on, ad right? reads, yeah. yeah, basically more ad reads, and and like it's the point now where like the first twenty five minutes of a podcast, if it's like you know, could be could literally just be someone reading off advertising, right? And you're mm-hmm. having to skip through all that. Whereas an audiobook still just remains just information. There's no advertising, right? right? So, you know, it's interesting where, like a book, for example, when you're reading a book, you're not getting, like, the book is just the book. Like, you bought the book and you have well, the right to do it. Well, depends on the book. So there's Copywriting Secrets that was written by some, some gentleman, I forgot his name, Richard Brunson, something like that. Yeah. And um, in the book, it sells like a program. Well, yes. Okay, I know what you're talking about like millions. There's like also uh, I know, I know. Grant high performance Cardone, habits. High performance habits. Grant Cardone. You know. I know. Believe me. You know all these. You know uh, Degrassi or whatever the hell his name is, or Degrassi. What's that guy's name? Uh, oh, I forgot. But way. even John, the letter to shareholders that Jeff Bezos wrote got you to buy the Kindle. <laughs> so. Well, but I would, uh, but Amory, but you, you can understand the difference. That was a bridge. Yeah, you can understand the difference, right? Um, at the end but, of the day, yeah, it's interesting. There's two types of marketing. There's push marketing and pull marketing. I don't want to do push marketing for the rest of my life. Push marketing is I'm in your face, I'm calling you, I'm sending you emails, I'm in your LinkedIn inbox. A lot of push. Pull marketing is where my reputation, my brand, and word of mouth brings you to me. Hey man, like I just, you know, I my business was doing around a million dollars. Now, now we're doing around three million, and I'm doing the same amount of work. I worked with these guys at TradeArc, at uh, you know ContractingMentor.com, whatever. I worked with this guy named Ammer. Check him out. I think I can get you in a, in a call with him. Um, maybe, let's see what he can do for your business. That's poll marketing. I did nothing. They came to me, and that is actually what Consulting.com is really good at. They have a great product, and they've gotten to the point which we will get to. We will get to this point. At a certain point, when we reach like a thousand members, fifteen hundred members, um, we're gonna start getting more. Think of it like it's ninety percent of our customer, ninety-nine percent of our customers right now come from Facebook, and we want it to over time be like ninety-five percent, eighty percent, fifty percent, forty percent come from Facebook, sixty percent coming from word of mouth. That's the goal. I want sixty percent of all my marketing come through word of mouth, right? And that yeah. that that's the ultimate goal, but. I think that comes later. It's like right. everybody gets TradeArc certified. Something like that. That'd be, that'd be the vision, actually. I came up with that vision um, of having uh, 
a homeowner know that they're in good hands and paying a good price if they can see a certificate of a certain company on well, there? Did you know this, Hammer? That the Better Business Bureau is that? Yeah, but no, you have to the pay Better to be Business a, you Bureau. Have to be you have to pay to be a member. Yeah, mm. and and people all the time. People tell me like, what I like about you is that your fact the, the fact that you're part of it. Home Stars is another um, business yeah. that's starting up that's doing Home that. Stars Google and Glassdoor as well. Google yeah. Verified is another thing that's popping up now. Yeah. So, but, but have, is the contractor that you're hiring trades trademark approved, trademark sealed? You know? Yeah, tr- trademark approved. Yeah. Are they trademarked? They are trademarked. Are they trademark? Are they trademarked? <laughs> Trade. I don't know what the name. The name's got. I think it's a good name, but it's not as catchy. So I don't know. We'll see. What I, we I, I could see. I could see just like the the best commercial. It's just like two neighbors talking. One of them has like an immaculate like roof siding and deck and the other one just has like stuff like boards Flattered. all like loose like installed on their house hi- yeah they, they'll be like, we're, hi- like we're hiring a contractor yeah. <laughs> look for the trade arc symbol you know hey bob who'd you hire to do your house bet they didn't have a trade arc approval yeah just, <laughs> so i, I want to share this i want to share this yeah. so i can put it out to the world i've been thinking about this for a while i one of my like life goals is to run a super 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 bowl ad oh my god and i think my business is perfect for that contractors love football they're watching the tv yeah and if i'm on there it's gonna be pretty cool john's John's making a mean face no no dude the, the, the no, but think about it. You know, maybe it's arbitrary though, because like, what if the Super Bowl is not effective by the time you can afford that? Like, then is it still no? Your totally, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, the, the assuming Super Bowl it is, is also like based off of pull, right? So if the Super Bowl gets less and less popular somehow, it would technically be cheaper, or you would hope. My prediction right, is is in the I next know, but five like, to ten could, years, like, forty years ago, someone like, dude, I can't wait till I can advertise on the radio. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and now they're just that guy who's like, you know, yeah. yeah. No, Amber, you're gonna sing the halftime song there. You know, you're gonna be performing. No, the, no way. Next thing. But yeah, being uh, running a Super Bowl ad and uh, being on the 10x Growth Conference that'd be pretty cool. I think those are two places that I think would be pretty. Awesome. For the for Super Bowl 92, I want to instead of like getting Shakira or Beyonce or whoever the next singer celebrity is i want there to be a live weekly call podcast at the <laughs> halftime of the super bowl dude the amount of stuff would get that, thrown at us would be ridiculous. now that is going to be some real entertainment folks probably get shot but yeah, yeah. exactly but anyways that, those are some of the some updates about the business and future ideas so i appreciate it guys well uh, I, yeah and it's this always really fun good to talk input. to you about it and yeah. amor i would I wanted to share something that happened to me this week. And as I share it, I kind of want you to think about maybe how it's possible to include a reflex or a way of dealing about these types of problems in your course. Cool. Because there's like, I think there's just a way to go about handling issues on job sites. So we, we were almost this close to finishing... A mo- the final module oh, for okay. production called okay. When Things Go Bad. Okay, okay. That's what it's called. Okay. And we're going to cover when you get a bad review, what do you do? When you have a yeah. bad employee, what do you do? When you have a bad customer, when you have a bad 
job site. So I, I just wanted to walk through kind of what I did and, and I'm going to like tell the story and then pause and kind of plug in what was going through my mind. So essentially, I think I've said this a couple times, but for the first time in four years running a painting business, myself and Mark and I effectively, now that we co-own the business, the first time in four years that we've had only rookie first-year painters, right? So there's no veteran painters. There's nobody with more than like two months of experience working as a painter, right? Yeah, and John's, uh, John, John sees the, the impacts there. So we're growing at a pace that I think is sustainable, but definitely aggressive to try and compensate for the fact that we don't have any veteran experience to lean on, right? And so for the first time, we had four job sites going last week and, well, entropy seeped in, right? So um, we had a client who was moving into their home and we, slot them, we, we slotted them in. Uh, she was in like a really difficult situation. She called me. She was kind of in dire straits and she needed a painter. The other one had canceled, whatever. And uh, let's, for the sake of this story, let's call her Beth. Okay, so Beth, uh, for, so Beth called me up. <laughs> you like Beth. that name, eh? Uh, so, so Beth, Beth called me Beth. up and said, "Hey, look, like, can you can can I make a deposit with you over the phone just so I can slot my time in, and then you can come do the estimate? Like, I'm this serious about getting the work done. I just need to know that my house is going to get painted before we move in." I was like, "Okay." Went and did the estimate. Took the deposit from her a few weeks prior. Went and did the estimate one week. Produced it the week after, and the week after was last week, like this week. We're on the Sunday of this week, so we were slotted into paint her house on Tuesday and Wednesday. It was essentially, the the full first story of her house, uh, just the walls and some of the trim, and um, we had a rookie crew doing it. And Mark was essentially just getting pulled in too many different directions, and. The the client was, it, it, they kind of got what Mark and I call buildup syndrome, where nothing big happens, but it's the idea that there's like these micro things that build up, and then there's like one little pink, like push off the cliff, and then, you know, the volcano erupts, right? And so the little pink off the cliff was actually not a little pink off the cliff. It was like a big thing in the client's eyes. So I'm going to read you a text that I got from this client uh, on Wednesday. So I, like I just even get like so much anxiety even just from hearing these stories to the point yeah, that yeah. Like, I actually my blood it's, my it's blood like when Trisha comes home and like talks to me about like how like someone died at the hospital I'm like dude I don't even <laughs> want to hear this but yeah, yeah go ahead. yeah no but there's a good ending though no no it's I all good walk through just, don't yeah, spoil okay, it okay. like that well I okay well Jesus let you're me gonna sweat a little okay you know? I apologize for interrupting read us the damn text so there was a bunch of touch-ups to do and she was a bit unhappy with the workmanship in terms of the cleanliness of the job site so so we had already talked about this no i think we're all good text just read that text i think we're all primed okay so austin (laughs) dot 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 i know mark is coming by tomorrow but i think you need to come by too we just found we just found some scratches on our new fridge clearly from a ladder or a belt buckle painting the strip above the fridge the paint issues can be resolved, but this one is permanent. Can you please call me? We are pretty disappointed right now. I love texts like that. All sentences, periods, perfectly punctuated, right? I think people who send those are kind of psychopaths. I would just text back and saying, we can just buy you a fridge. No problem. I'll show up. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I like. No, but so, so, so How much is here's the thing is that, is that John, bucks. my, oh, easy. my initial reaction 
is that of what you just described, John. Like it's your heart sinks, you're upset, you're kind of just like, what do I do, right? But then I remembered a conversation that I had had with one of my operators a couple of days prior about a situation that had gone awry with them and their business. And the way that I had just been able to talk to them about it and free-flowingly just, hey, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you call them right away and go and deal with the situation? And just talking about it like it was external to me because that one problem with one of my operators was external to my business, right? I mean, it was internal to my team, but it just wasn't my client, you know? So it was easier to talk about. And so I, I essentially just like challenged myself to think about it like it was one of my operator's clients. That's fantastic. And, and and it's weird how you kind of just accessed a new level of your brain almost, right? Like almost you're not as if you dealing elevated your perspective. Yes. And I was definitely suffering more in my imagination than I was in reality because I called her <laughs> back and I actually for the sake like like I want to show you like I'm going to maybe for the sake of you guys hearing it later I'm, I have the recording of the phone call, but there's a lot of names used. I don't really want to play it. No, like, we don't need kind of it bad. either. I think no, 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 no. But, but essentially, I called her and I said, hey. um, Oh, leaked. Leaked. We got to bleep that out. You got <laughs> to press, press bleep <laughs> on that. Yeah. Yeah. Was she blonde? Um, no. Oh, no. that's interesting. Said, hey, hey, Beth. Know. Hey, Beth. It's, it's too late, dude. Uh, no, dude, you're bleeping it out. I'm not bleeping. Sure. No, you want to bleep, bleep it yourself? No. Okay, I'll bleep it myself. No, no, no. Um, no. Hey, Beth. Uh, so, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, there dude, are in the getting, world. Austin, I love ridiculous. you, brother, but like you just gotta get to the punch. Like, like, so, like I know, like, I know, like, I know. Like, but like, I just like, I'm so looking at Amherst's face, and scratched. he thinks this is hilarious. Right. I know. No, no, no. So, um, I I called her to go deal with the situation. I I called her maybe 30 minutes later, and when I pressed. Hey Beth, how are you? I didn't say another word until the timestamp was like five minutes and thirty seconds. It was just like a word sent. Yeah, it was just like machine boom, boom, gun. boom, boom. Yeah. Like yeah, machine gun of a of, of a conversation. Yeah, machine gunning it. And then I just said, okay, um, you know what I'm hearing is this, 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 and this. Is that kind of you know is that is that is that what you're feeling? And and no, she's like, and this, 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 this. And it's like, okay, so and, now and I'm man. hearing. And then, yeah, and, and then yeah, and, and so now I'm hearing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine things that you're unhappy with. Is that correct? And then it was like, oh, and this, and it was just like the the continuousness of what was going on. And then I said, okay, well, look. And then she slipped up. Feel- and she's like, and my boyfriend cheated on me. Wait, that's not why I'm mad though. <laughs> yeah, no, but Whoa, she was just like, look. But but I said, you know, Beth, I just want you to know before we even talk about the solution you're 100% right and we need to fix all these problems and there are a solution to all these problems. So why don't I just come over right now? I'll be there in 30 minutes. We'll walk through all of them together and we'll figure out a solution. She was like, okay. And she looked, she, she turned to her husband and she was like, Jesus, you know, you could hear like background mumbling. like, And she's like, yeah, okay. Like we'll be here. I'm like, okay, great. I'll see you soon. I come over like this demeanor, right? I'll see you soon. Like, it's one of my operator's clients. Just, hey, how you doing? Great. So why don't we just walk through the house? And dude, the house was, was first of all, they, they had a day left. So some of the walls needed a second roll and, and that was all disclosed. And some of them ne- even needed a third roll because the, the color coverage wasn't great. But we'd already addressed that with her. 
there was a bunch of like there was a few paint drops on the floor there was dust all over the place because there was a bunch of prep but the dust wasn't clean so they were unhappy but it, all these things as we all know are just so minor right but like if i didn't know this i would have honestly thought there was like a gallon of paint dumped on her furniture and and there was like you know holes in the wall she said that our our ladder had gouged out the wall and i was like okay, I'm very interested to come take a look at this. And it was just because the two ladder arms had been up in the staircase and there were like two little black lines where the ladder had touched the wall, just kind of like rubbing on the wall and they hadn't rolled a second coat over it yet. So it was just Uh, like- I had something, you were actually stating an exact project I had. It was a new build, they're newly moving in. They needed somebody to call in one day before we finished. She called me angry, there's this, yeah. there's that. Yeah. And, and it was like pointing out drips that I would just literally bend over. That she was like yelling about, like, oh, you've stained forever my hardwood floor. And then I literally just like licked my thumb and I got rid of the paint chip. Yeah. It wasn't even paint. Yeah. It was a paint chip. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, I'm like, and then else? so we then we went we then went and looked at the fridge and uh and 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 the fridge had a huge scratch on it. Like huge. And I didn't understand how it happened. Like it was in the middle of the room. Like we weren't even touching it. I honestly think like I I like to take accountability for everything that happens on my job site. So I took accountability for it. I talked to my crew. I couldn't figure out how it happened. There was a new fridge that got delivered, had plastic seal on it one day. It got taken off. By the end of that day, it was scratched. So it's like there was a painting crew working there. The people hadn't lived in the house. So it's like when you're in that situation already having a negative conversation with a client, there's not a very good chance you're convincing them you didn't scratch their fridge, right? Like it's just a, you're, you're not going to be able to do that. So I had a long conversation with them about it. And I went, look, I mean, this is why, this is why we have insurance. I mean, if I needed to go buy you a new fridge, I can. And if we'll look into what we can do about fixing the fridge, let's see if we can buff it. Let's see if we can get a new door, see all these things. I was just about finding the solution. I not there was not one fiber in my body that was at any point trying to defend the fact that um, I didn't do this. I said I find it hard to believe that one of our crew members would have somehow totally destroyed the fridge door, and it wasn't totally destroyed. It was just a scratch. But um, but she you could tell that just by just by the fact that I was just having the conversation with her about the fact that we could do something about this was ninety nine percent of the problem. Mm. right like that was just so obvious in the in the communication of what was going on in the conversation however one thing i maybe yeah i just just want to interject take in mind now we always talk about how we suffer more in our imagination yeah yeah okay so clients fall into that realm yes yeah yeah like clients for sure also suffer more in their imagination than they do in reality so when someone brings me some problems i'm not only am i going to suffer more in my imagination than reality so are they yeah yeah and so, you know, one thing that I am definitely glossing over here is the fact that the interior was a mess in terms of like the cleanliness of the job site. It was a mess. The painting was actually pretty decent. The quality was great. I mean, Mark had to come back and do a few touch-ups for a few hours, but like the quality of the paint, painting was actually, I would say like an 8.5 on 10. It was just the fact they had needed to finish up the following day, but it was just the fact that they hadn't really done a thorough cleanup yet. So there was dust all over the place. There was paint on some of the trim. There was a little bit of paint on some of the floors. And and so they were just awry, right? And they had actually spent the following day, 
like before, when I got over there, they had actually shop vacked and cleaned the entire house and 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 scraped the paint off the floor. And I was like, okay, the fact that you felt the need to do that is the problem here. Like we should have had the job site completely cleaned. We should have made sure that we did a walkthrough with you before we left. Daily cleanup, et cetera. Yeah, yeah like daily we dropped supports. the ball here, yeah. okay? Like, like daily cleanup was not done. So I was like, look, the fact that you hired a company to manage your project and you had to do that, I'm willing to take a little bit off the contract. Like let's take off X amount and it was a small portion of the contract because you guys had to jump in and do this. Like I, I think that's more than fair and, and does that seem fair to you guys? We'll be in to finish up tomorrow. And it was literally like there was an exorcism of every negative thing that had ever happened on that project. Like I had offered to do this as like how a, much did you take off? I'm curious. I took off uh, about seven percent. I would say seven or eight percent. Wow. Like yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Well, it it, it was it's kind of hard to, to to define, I guess. But like in my opinion, Ammer, like. I, I had really thought that the crew had just in terms of what we said we were going to do, dropped the ball. Yeah, no, no. I, I was kind of, I, was, I made that reaction because I kind of want to know the dollar figure, not the percentage. But yeah. Well, well if he said it was three days of work. It was, it was most likely uh, like $250. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. that's what I was so, thinking. There you go. So I took that off the job and I was like, look, um, but let's let's move forward with like here's what the course of action is the crew's going to come in tomorrow and do x y z a b c d and then we'll do a final walkthrough with you and and we'll and we'll finalize the contract and we'll deal with the fridge if we need to open a claim for that you're like okay great see you tomorrow and then i'm going to read you a text i got from beth that night when i got home so sure got the text from her that was sour Went and dealt with the problem immediately, presented so, presented multiple solutions, drove home, had dinner. Got this text. And then got this text. <clears throat> Hi, Austin. We put the fridge back in where the hole that the fridge goes in and polished it. The scratch is actually not so noticeable to the eye. Largely due to your prompt and professional approach and discount applied, we can move forward and just focus on the painting resolution and abandon any claim on the fridge. Thanks and take care. You know, it's also possible that like the husband was like, like after the fact, he's like, yeah, so about that fridge. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, like like happened, he, like, he was probably like, yeah, okay. At first I was like, fuck this Austin guy. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna blame it on him, but he's pretty like, he's a good bloat. So like, no, for sure that was me. <laughs> Like, I thought he was going to fall into it, defend it, look yeah, like a yeah. ass. Like, I was yeah, like, yeah, look yeah. at, you know, like, in my defense, I was like, fuck this Austin guy. I was on the whole fuck the Austin train. But, like, I realized that the Trudeau train is actually going, you know, you know, going home. He's a good so, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good no, but guy. I just wanted to yeah. share that because, Ammer, I thought about this. And I don't know why, but immediately I thought of you. Oh. And I thought of, like, how could you possibly teach that? And I don't oh, mean yeah. that because I don't mean that because I like what I did was like, how could you teach what I did? I mean that because I had to maybe work at this and deal with maybe I would say 25 different problems on houses before I was able to approach this with a calm and collected demeanor that was just a part of the solution. Before mm. that, I was actually a neurotic mess that would have lost sleep, mm. right? So I'm trying to figure out like, is there a way that you could teach that without like with skipping those four years of 
inefficient yeah. behavior. Yeah. Yeah. The, the answer is yes. And uh, it's not easy, but it's um, we, we did this with a customer of ours where um, they had a client that same thing. They're like, want them off the job site. Huge problem, blah, 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 blah. And I was just basically like, if you, one of the main things with dealing with this problem is you can't introduce emotions. If you play an emotional game, you will lose. So you want to enter the scenario, pure, pure logic, and you want to acknowledge their emotions. So um, I actually have a, a spreadsheet here somewhere. Sorry, a script and a step-by-step -step way to handle this. But instead of pulling it up, I'll just tell you in short. You just want to, and this will sound pretty general, but it's the only way to solve this is you got to approach this with a cool head. You need to, um, and to do that, you need to get cleared. So you want to jump on the Q&A call with someone like myself and Patrick and get those emotions of anxiety out. Just get them out. Like, hey, here's what I'm worried about. Here's a worst case scenario. So you want to get those emotions out. And then two, you want to gain perspective on the situation. Like, what is it? What does this actually mean? Like, what does it mean for this client to fire you financially wise? What does it mean for your reputation? What does it mean for all of this, for all that? So just get an idea of what's actually at stake so we would look at it rationally. And then um, we have an enrollment conversation to get the thing fixed. An enrollment conversation consists of recreation, vulnerability, and asking the right questions and providing the right solutions. So in a nutshell, that's what that looks like. Yes, it can be turned into a system. And um, at the end of the day, to get better and better at it, you just got to do it more. But there is a system. We've, we've actually, Patrick has put that together. So shout Amber, out Patrick. How much, how much of uh, like what Austin was just talking about, like, you know, skipping those four years, how much of, do you think the pain that people suffer, you know, whether it be mentally and even in some cases physically, uh, like from these, let's say, obstacles, okay? Um, how much do you think of it as self-induced? Um... So how much of that pain is self-induced? 100%. Yeah, exactly. Well, not, not, right. even, not even 99%. Yeah. Do, do you think that like, like maybe just resistance to like to just accepting the reality? Like how much do you think of it is just that? Like just them not like not wanting to accept the situation for what it is? Um, a lot of it is actually them not being exposed to it at first. They, 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 they've heard the stories They've, they've heard of the worst case scenarios, they've seen the TV shows, and they're just kind of like, oh, like, oh, this is like where our business shuts down. Oh, this is where we, we they sue us for $100,000. Yeah, yeah. That's like, they just have no frame. So when they jump on the call, and here's what I realized, this happens all the time. They jump on the call, they say this giant problem, Patrick and I laugh. Yeah. We're like, oh, welcome to the club. We've done yeah. with this hundreds of times. You're gonna be fine. So the first things first, it's like a, it's like a, like a fallacy that always relaxes people, which it's is a, because you're gonna be fine, right? Like no, no, no. The fallacy is, is like because I'm other people have experienced this with me, it's gonna be okay, right? Like let's say, like for example, John, do you remember the moment I texted you? This was like a couple of years ago when there was this girl I liked, and then she cheated, right? And then I'm like. I texted you and I and I called you Austin, and uh, John, you had an experience with this, and and Austin, you also shared, and you're like, oh man, you know, shit like that happens, we move on. I think John, you you sent me a text called with with a gif like boats and hose. I don't know if you remember that, and and then you're like, yeah, man, stuff like that happens, you know. 
I've experienced something similar. So I'm like, oh, instantly I felt like 90% better. Yeah. yeah I didn't yeah. feel like I was the only man on earth experiencing this problem. That is the main pain. When people feel that their situation is very unique and to them and there's no solution, they have to come up with a solution. That is where the most pain lies when people feel like, oh, I'm alone. This is independent to just me. Um, I'm, I'm More so, I would say that they actually caused it and that the behavior that caused it is uniquely their fault in the sense that nobody else has committed that fault, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just the fact that they've been in the same situation. It's that I think it's that somebody has committed the same faults. That's the well, normalizing the, the, of behavior, right? Yeah, the argument that like just because you've encountered oh, the same oh, problems uh, over and over again. <laughs> like I, I don't consider like someone really that skillful per se. Like if they just encountered the same problems over, <laughs> over and over again and they just like... Right. Like if I was to give you the same math equation and you did it like well, if a I was showing you times, that text and I and I got it every week from a client, you'd be like, okay, what kind of business are you running here? No, but what I meant though is like like if if someone oh. solved the same math equation a thousand times, oh. like I wouldn't be impressed by their ability to solve that math equation. I would be impressed by their ability to apply the logic in which they solved that one equation to multiple equations that have a similar solution, right? That I think is an actual skill set, right? So yeah, it, it, it does that, if that makes sense, right? So it's not, it's not the mere fact that you've just seen the problem over and over again. It's that you are using some sort of, you know, methodology to solve said, you know, list of problems, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, at the end of the day, it's, I think it's just, uh, we help people get away from that emotion, get perspective and just understand that this is normal. And that there is a solution out there. And you got to really meet the customer like heart to heart. One of the biggest pieces of coaching that I give somebody in that scenario is, is to get them to understand that they, like the owner of the business is right and the customer is right. Because we're experiencing different realities. So the customer's reality is, is different than yours. They're wearing a different lens where they're looking for these problems. What do you mean by they're both like, right? Yeah, so there's no one wrong in the scenario. That's what I mean. I mean that the owner is right to feel worried and, and wanting to fix the scenario and they're feeling stressed and they care. And the customer is right for them to be worried about these things. Like that's why Austin was so calm because he truly understood that yes, of course it's right for them to come a day before the project and find this house disheveled, it's unclean, there's this giant scratch. It's empathy. It's the ability to just understand that if you were in that person's shoes and you were also them, you would react the same way. Yeah, okay, that's pretty reasonable. That, that is what I mean. It's like the, all, there's no invalid realities. Like if I was that, that woman in her scenario and I'm just moving in. I'm already. I already had trouble with the plumbing, and this other guy ripped me off a couple of months ago. And and you know we're last minute, and I paid this guy who's supposed to be the best, and and we're one day out, and you know painting is the most important. And our friends told us that painting is the most important. And here's this guy, and he's the best apparently. And now we're looking at this. I gotta call this guy, and then my husband is in a bad mood because he came back from work. And he's also hounding me on this because I took charge and now it's looking like this. So my reputation with my husband is on the line. And there's now $3,000 that we could have spent on something else that my husband wanted to get. Mm -hmm. And now it's here and now it's a mess and it's a day before. Just 
just understand that they're right. Like, yes. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't they not be stressed? So get in their shoes. Let them release that emotion. Let them know that you know that emotion they're experiencing. Say back the things that they're that they're saying yeah. back to you. Really understand that, that yeah. you know, oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. I can only imagine. And that's one of my favorite things is actually put yourself in the customer's shoes. One of the ways to, like, solve these problems is, you know, yes, you can be completely disattached from the outcome. That's where emotions well, can get in the way if you're trying to force an outcome. But I think you should have emotions in that scenario where you want to understand their emotions. Put yourself in that shoe, you know, and really get, it is, like actors are really good at this. That's why, you know, they, they really imagine the scenario. Notice how I didn't say any of, your, of, the, of this, this person's emotions. I said her conditions, her environment that she's exposed to, right? If, if you put me in an environment where it's 300 degrees, I also will be blistering hot, right? I don't have to be anybody. So if you put yourself and recreate those conditions, you can actually empathize with almost any, every single human on earth and truly find that there's nobody wrong out there. There's nobody smarter than the other. We're really just the sum of our environment, right? So it doesn't matter what type of potato you are. A potato in a boiling water, I mean, you're just, you know... That, pretty predictable what's going to happen and here's this lady who was in a you know hot boiling pot of emotions and conditions and she had to react that way it'd actually be weird if she didn't and the people who don't those are the gems those are the john morgans the austin trudeaus the patrick lalons that i look up to and try to keep around my life these people are rare but these people have spent years and tens of thousands of dollars in training and coaching getting to that place not everybody has that luxury and we want to take ourselves back to a point where we didn't have that luxury. Of course we would react the same way. Of course. And that's the main things to understand. Is that the customer just wants the best for himself. Just like you want the best for you. Mm-hmm. And let's not like antagonize that. Let's just actually embrace the fact and get help them get there. And when you understand that with a customer, you can actually go into any scenario and solve any problem. That's actually what negotiators are really good at. Like, if, I don't know if you've ever seen hostage negotiators. Any salesman, any coach, any mentor should take some time now, if they're listening to this, look up hostage um, negotiators. You'll find videos on YouTube. Chris Voss. Chris Voss, yeah, he has he's a book. He has a master class. These people, the first thing they understand is once they are, their headphones go on and they're talking to that other person, they're calling them, they're actually generally understanding of their situation. These people have lost their jobs. Their girlfriend has cheated on them. They've got nothing left. They're holding, you know, they're holding himself and their girlfriend hostage in a hotel room. And, you know, he's saying that he's going to kill himself, kill the girl and then kill himself. You know, the negotiator is like, man, I totally understand. But let's actually like really think about this. Yes, life has hit you hard. But think about, you know, your girlfriend. Like she's, we don't want to drag her down with you. That's not how you die an honorable death as a man. And then you're speaking his language because no matter their emotions, everybody wants to at least die with dignity. So, by the way, what I'm saying here is an actual example that I that I saw on YouTube. A guy was in a hotel room and was about to take his own life alongside his girlfriend. And the negotiator tried to get him to just you know, open the door, let us in. It was like an eight-hour negotiation. And then at the end of it, instead of killing his girlfriend, he just ended up killing himself, right? Which is obviously, you know, better still, you know, 
not wanted result, but you still saved a life. That negotiator ended up saving a life, right? Couldn't save them all. But if you, uh, in that video, they asked the negotiator, do you ever feel at the end of a negotiation that you failed or, or that you could have done better? At the end of the day, he just says, well, no, because at the end of the day, these people are who they are. And the best we can do is maybe bring and introduce some rationality. But at the end of the day, they're, they can only control their destiny. It's like uh, mm-hmm. we, we talked about this before, like with raising kids. Um, one of the most important part of a kid when they're growing up is when they rebel against the parent. It's one of the <laughs> most important phases of their teenagehood. Do you know why? Because that's them fighting their identity. And if you take that away, then they're just a, another they're actually a broken person if they don't rebel what book are you currently reading right now and let me guess laws of human nature by robert green oh yeah there you go that's where i got it from i didn't even know where i got it from yeah laws of human nature so you can't take that away from a kid you you have to let them experience that they have to they have to go through that right so Mm -hmm. um what austin the reason you solved this so well was because you let her be her you just said to us right here on on this recording that you let this woman rant for five and a half minutes. Didn't interrupt her and yeah. listen to it. And I think that the, Amber, That's first of all, I want. couldn't have said that better myself. The two things that I got from what you said were the first thing that actually can be treacherous and take a long time, like I described, is acknowledgement and repeating back to them what they've said to confirm the fact that you understand, that they feel well understood for their concerns. Like, so what I'm getting is that you're upset about this, this, and this. Is that true? Is there anything else you're upset about? This, this, okay, now it's a list of six things. And you're like, okay, great. What I'm getting is that you're upset with these six things. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, now we have a final, and as, as the person handling it, it's like, okay, now I have a set fixed list of things you're upset with. And you single hand, like you single individually walk through every single one and indicate how, why they're concerned about it is completely okay and completely validated. Mm. And if you take that systematic approach to identifying and acknowledging every single concern individually, the the ability to be angry and upset is actually hard. Oh, totally. Yeah, and yeah. and the and the second thing is at the end, and this is one thing I actually didn't add in, and I forgot to say it, is that before I left, because the crew was set to come back the following day, right? And I was like, look, what I'm getting here is that the degree of trust you had for us when this project started, if it was at a hundred, it's now at maybe a 50 or lower. Is that something that you would say is accurate? And they were like, yeah, exactly. Like that's kind of the problem. Like, okay, well, I don't want us to finalize the contract until it's back up at a hundred. And they were like, Oh, like, yeah, it just it just switched the conversation. It was like we were actually talking about solving the problem because they they could see that we weren't just concerned about getting money and getting paid. It was like before we leave here, you need to trust us just as much, if not more, than what you did originally. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm. That's my new goal for this project. And I said that to them. I was like, as the owner, my new goal is to finish this with you guys being a hundred percent trusting. And but, but who is this all about? them yeah and you got yeah. you got paid didn't you yeah like 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 that's the mark, beauty of this mark people said forget that when he this. wrapped up the project she was like hap like happier than most yeah. of our clients when she was ecstatic yeah. when we finished yeah percent people people keep forgetting you know it's like you know you give the customer what they want you'll get what you want 
Yeah. Every time. And sometimes so that I recommend to some of my operators too, or as I, I, I remind them is like some of the best relationships that you have in your life are with people that you've gone through hardship with. And I would actually say that some of the clients that I have the best relationship with, yeah. there's been hiccups in producing their project. And, yeah. and they actually just see like, oh my God, like we, I have a great relationship with this lady who lives on like a busy street in Chelsea. And she, at one point during, we were like a huge project. We were there for like almost two weeks. And at one point she was just like super mad about the color she had chosen. And I was just like laying out solutions for her, talking about it, helping her come through it. And, and we ended up switching one of the colors and it only cost her a couple hundred dollars. But at the end of the project, she was like, thanks for, for dealing with this and dealing with, cause most people that freak out at you also know that they can be a little bit difficult to deal with. Like I've actually had clients be like, thanks for working with me in that way. Like I appreciated you doing that. Yeah. And like, and yeah. you have a better relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, one thing you know, you mentioned there that is underrated is because you, you got in her place so well that you were able to sniff out a concern that would have never come out verbally, mm. which was that concern of them paying for something that they felt wasn't worth it, mm -hmm. which AKA is one of the worst things as humans we want to experience mm -hmm. being buyer's ripped remorse. off. Oh, no, sorry, being ripped too. off. Yeah, yeah. Way worse than buyers. Get remorse. sold a fake iPhone, you'll get really mad. I'll tell you that. That that there <laughs> was there was a part of my brain when I got sold that fake iPhone that I literally it was just I got ripped it was off emotional. and it was yeah. so it was under my skin. Oh mm. my god, man. Yeah. I I is a new level. Yeah. 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 But honestly, yeah. you can apply that same logic. <laughs> Yeah. And if you got no. into into that guy's shoes, I would have stolen your phone as well. You know, like you know, they got to pay rent. You know, here's this guy. He sold me a probably, fake one. Yeah. Probably makes you know a hundred thousand a year. Looking at him with his nice car, nice girlfriend. I've never got a girlfriend in my life. Never drove a nice car. Here's this guy responding on time. Has his own business. I Google him. Fuck this guy. This guy. Everything. I'm gonna rip this guy off. You know? Oh man, you're making it sound like I deserved it. No, no, no. But like I'm just no, no, saying, I'm it's so. I'm it's kidding. actually really easy to put yourself in any person's oh, shoes if you remove yeah. all ego and emotion. You can actually understand anybody. But that's the main problem. Is it's not so easy to remove ego and emotion sometimes. Yeah. And um, that's why we have the Canadian justice system, where we can just take in a small claims court. And it will take three years, maybe four years, and uh, maybe maybe get paid all of it or some of it. So, um, but yeah, the power of conversation and language, if you know how to wield it properly, that's why I took Toastmasters because I just understand uh, language with the right words, you can have somebody fall in love with you, and with the right words, you can start a world war. You know, some guy can ju just stand on a table in a bar and go ashtin, and then there's a world war, and then. Uh, you can get on your knees, say a couple of words, and you can have a girl with you for the rest of your life. So learning how to use words is uh, it's actually pretty beautiful and should mm -hmm. be one of the main things that everybody should take time learning. And uh, John, what would you say is the best really book is. that you found that speaks on this concept yeah. of, of communication and language? I'd love oh, to know that. easy. Nonviolent Communication by um, uh, Rosenthal. There you go. Yeah, not even remotely close. Yeah, Trish and I read it once a year. There you go. Yeah, my grandfather, who's a psychiatrist, actually recommended it to me. By yeah. Henry Rosenthal, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Nonviolent communication. Yeah, by so, far. T terrible yeah. title, but it's by far the best book. Yeah. Yeah. Ironic. All right, with that, do we go into... Uh... No, no, no. I want to know. John, how was your week? 
pretty solid. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Give me some I mean, numbers here. How much did you book? Uh, this week I booked, I think, 35000 Nice. What are you at? Like in sales? Yes. Uh, I think 775 or something like that. Woo! Oh, you're about to pass 777. Maybe. I don't know. Something like that, though. Dude, you got a screenshot. 777-777. Well, I, I don't know if I can make that happen, so. Yeah, you can, you know. You can move some stuff around. What are your production at? Uh, 420. Jeez. That's impressive. That's where how it should be. That's how it should be. I love that. That's my favorite aspect about your business. If I was an investor, that's what I'd be looking for. The production to sales ratio. Yeah, we produce and well. We just we just actually I just ran my largest payroll ever this week. Wow. Can I guess? 70, oh, uh, 70 what? 70 what? 75. Nah, that's dirty. Yeah. 75 grand. Next, hold on. You know what's crazy though? Um, I actually have already have 15k in checks that just didn't make it on the like because the way funny. it works, I have to email or I have to like of course uh, like courier my checks and I just like I literally went and checked my mailbox and there was 15 grand in checks like like I went I went and shipped my payroll went to my PO box oh. in the PO box I was like damn it like I could have like I could have just gone there first and I would have you know what I mean like I maybe could have just yeah, there you put go. them in the you won't make that mistake again yeah. That's cool, man. Um, but that means that this next one, I think, I, I think that is this, you know, uh, pending there's only, you know a normal level of fuckery, then I'll uh, we could probably run a hundred this next time around. That'd be nice. Yeah. Incredible, man. Um, how are your uh, employees? Fire anybody? Hire anybody new? I fired a guy. Um, not last week, but the week before. Can you walk me through your internal dialogue when you f- want to fire somebody? Just jo- in jot notes. Usually Here's my very, intern. Usually it's very mutual. Like it's usually more of a quit if it, if anything. No, no, your internal dialogue when making that decision. Of whether or not to fire someone? Yeah. What's your threshold? I just use your language. Is it, like, is it workable or is it not workable? And mm. if it's not workable, I just, it's like, you know, like ultimately, um, I think, uh, it's selfish not to fire someone who needs to be fired. Yeah. 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 So I just, I just try and do what's in the best interest for the painter. And so if it's in the best interest of the painter, like I had a guy who tried quitting and I convinced him to stay because it just wasn't his, it wasn't in his best interest to quit. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. that once. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, this was recent. Like this was like last week. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, he was going to take a job offer that was not even much of a job offer. And so I was able to get through to him that like, look at like, you know, I did the same thing a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. But hold on now, but take in mind though, I've had many people quit and the other job offer was much better. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Good for you. Like it was current. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, So, so I I do try and like as a leader and I, and I actually tried to explain this to my, to my painters. I I was having some issues with this last week where I, I was explaining to them like, you know, part of being a strong leader is developing genuine care for your, you know, for the people you're leading, right? Like, cause if I don't care about you, I don't like, I'm not going to want to lead you, right? I, I have to care about you in order to be an effective leader, right? And so when I am saying or doing things, right, it's always coming from a place of care. Yeah. And if it's not coming from a place of care, then it's not a good relationship and, and it needs to end, right? Cause if I don't care about you and you don't care about me, then it's just, it's not workable. Right, you have to care about my business, and I have to care about your livelihood. Otherwise, this mm-hmm. is not going to work. Mm-hmm. One one of the things I think about, and I want your opinion on this, and I wish I didn't do this, 
But uh, we were celebrating doing 500K. It was me and my two managers. And at one point, one of them asked me, so would it, would it have been possible for us to negotiate higher pay if we were to ask? And I was like, yeah, 100%. You think that's something I should have should have said or no? Well, here's the thing. You know, I um, it's not a popular opinion, but I, you know, I, 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 you know, I have a lower profit margin than I think than most people. You know, and it's because I don't. You know, I, I tell my guys, look at like I'm going to pay you the absolute most I can, and I'm not going to fuck around on you. Right. So, and that's what I did. Like, but your profit margin is still above 30%. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but, um, but, I, okay, but, cool. but I, I explained, make that, make but that I explained to my guys that I'm not going to fuck around on you. I'm going to pay you exactly what I think, like, the most I possibly can, right? And I'm, you never have to ask me for a raise. Because believe me, if there's a raise potential, like, like last year, I'll give you three examples, okay? Yeah, three examples. Last year, Jocelyn was killing it. And I said, Jocelyn, you know, basically next May, I was going to give you a raise. I'm going to give it to you now because you're already performing at that level. So here you go, basically. Like, I don't need to wait until next May, right? But just know that, like, I may not be able to give you a raise next May because this is that raise now, right? So, you know, like, and, and, and if you exceed everything next year, then maybe we could give you another raise. But this, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to fuck around with you. I'm not going to save that little bit of money now and give you a raise later. Here's the raise now, okay? I emailed all my painters to begin the year. I said, guys... I, because I, I transitioned to ProWorks, my costs have come down, okay? So rather than pocketing that profit, I'm gonna share that with you. So here's basically, here, here's a new wage if you wanna come back. It's, it's you know, regardless, here's, here's your raise, basically, right? And I gave basically a $3 raise across the board, okay? In some, case, in some cases, $4 for some people, right? Because I wasn't gonna nickel and dime them, you know, and, and whatnot. Like, I just feel like that's disingenuine, right? And- well, here's a question. Let's say you were paying a guy 18 bucks an hour and yeah. you were going to take him to 22. Wouldn't it just make more sense to just give him more like every two weeks, 50 cents, 50 cents, 50 cents? Wouldn't they just feel better? Maybe. If you actually, maybe, maybe. instead of just giving it all at once maybe. when they're sitting on their couch, you know, in maybe. their computer. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but I have a very, it's, it's, I have a very low turnover and I'm very consistent production. That's all that matters. And I have yeah. for many years now. Right, yeah. and That's I think the it's because line. my guys know that I have their best interest in mind. They don't have to worry. Like I have their trust level with me, I think is high. Like, yeah. No one with anything like, in business, with any small adjustments create example. small results. Right. There's these new employees. I said to them, "Hey guys," and I hired them all at 17, okay, a piece, and uh, 17.25 when they pack their lunch, but 17 base pay, okay, because um, I do a 25 cent raise if you pack your own lunch. So then I, I, <laughs> I said to them, I said, "That's hey, awesome." I said, hey, look at, I raised the minimum, the starting wage to 18 because I'm trying to entice more people to, you know, to come work for me. And so, you know, I couldn't, I had all the job ads I normally had. I couldn't get any traffic. So I raised the wages to try and entice more people. And you guys happen to get hired before that, but I feel like it'd be disingenuine for me to not give you the raise to 18 because if someone else just, you know, started working and they just happened to be paid more merely because they got hired two weeks after you, I think that wouldn't be fair. So I gave those employees a raise to 18, right? And it's things yeah. like that I feel that like people can understand that like I'm not like I'm, I'm I'm not leaving anything on the table, right? So when I yeah, yeah. when I'm paying you something, you can be rest assured that it's the most I could possibly pay you. Yeah, 
I think at the end of it, it's like as long as the employees trust that you're a good, fair leader, that's all that matters. And you can accomplish that in different ways. Well, I got that, I got that tactic from Warren Buffett, though. Like, because Warren Buffett was very clear that when he made a business offer, it was non-negotiable. Like, this is the price that worked, like, for his math. It Like, he wasn't trying to, you know, get a steal deal. He wasn't trying to get it for way less than intrinsic value. He's not trying to anchor the price. This is exactly what I can pay. Take it or leave it, right? And it works really well. Yeah. Right? Because people aren't expecting You just know that when you're dealing with Warren Buffett, that when he makes an offer, it's like, that's, that's, like, that's literally the best he can do. Right. Like he's not he's not coming in with any wiggle room. And it's the same approach I take to my clients when my clients say, can you negotiate? I say, look at not really, because ultimately I came here with the with the price that I was trying to book this at. Like not I'm not trying to, you know, pop a flyer here. I'm not trying to steal an extra 10 percent. Like, you know, you make a decision this today. Is this is the best price. Right. Like this is what I'm trying to offer you. Right. And, uh, you know, for the most part, it's, it's true. I mean, there's I mean, ultimately, anything obviously is negotiable. Right. Like. But uh, coming with with your with a genuinely uh, fair offer, I think is fair, right? Mm-hmm. Now, beyond that, are you willing to have someone treat you unfairly? That's a different question, right? Like if I oh, had an, okay. if I had an employee who you know said like if if, if I had my top employee who came to me tomorrow and said I'm going to quit unless you give me 25, right, or something crazy like that, that would be them trying to exploit me, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Would it would it be worthwhile being exploited in the short run? Maybe, but I definitely mm. would. I definitely would. You know, that's mercenary territory right there, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is actually. Um, and you don't I was rely upon to... mercenaries. You don't. Use, it's not that you don't use them, but you don't rely upon them, right? Yeah. Cool, man. Um, that's really mind. great. I think that I, I I've I've tried to emulate that too, like giving people raises when I can, uh, in terms of when they've earned it. Like I have a system that every, the, the, the first Friday of July, there is a, a one time evaluation period for raises and, you know, a painter can go from earning $17 an hour to earning nineteen fifty an hour. And a painter can go from earning $17 an hour to staying at 17 an hour. I've never had to ever downgrade anybody, but I guess it's possible. But for example, there's one crew in particular that's absolutely crushing it. And I'm going to give them that in like next week or the week after at the very latest. But this but, is the yeah. logic that I'm saying. It's kind of like, yeah. like, like, why not give them the raise now? Like you could just call them tonight. Like why save the, why save 20 bucks? Like it's kind of like, yeah, no, I know like, what you mean. But hold on, Austin, here's the same logic, right? Like I like to pay my bills a couple of days beforehand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and and the reason why is because it's the same money. Like it doesn't like two days in my bank account isn't going to make any difference. I'm not collecting any more interest or anything on it, right? Right. So if you can pay your bills beforehand, it's it's just it's just a nice touch, right? Hmm. The only thing, I mean, we we're gonna get into the uh, the intricacies here, but I need to make sure that they're proficient at spraying before I give them that raise. No, I understand. That's I what understand. we pay for. Yeah. But I'm yeah, so I do agree everything with situational. the logic. Yeah. I do agree with the logic 100%. Um, and with that, I think we should jump into Whack versus Wisdom. And I actually have a song to play here. Uh, it's a it's a request. We have our first song request for Whack versus Wisdom. This is coming from our our good friend and former guest, Jordan Kipnis. And he, no, uh, he, he no made a request <laughs> of the song to play. Oh, Jordan, don't disappoint and, me, brother. Uh, and I think it's a good one. So it's Lil Dicky. Featuring Freddie oh, Wap yes. and Rich Homie, save that yes. money. 
So, um, yeah, let's let's dive in here. Oh, oh yeah, that's a funny it's one. It's a, a good song. Oh, that's there we go. In pill. Interesting that you have beer advertisements. Yeah. My name's Dave. Yeah. I know this is kind of ridiculous, but I'm actually a rapper, and we're shooting a music video all about how we can make the most epic rap video ever for no money. So we were just driving by, like looking at nice. Yeah, the intro is really long. I think. Oh yeah. No, I'm curious. I'm curious. What is this? Maybe come in and get a few shots. We saw this house. Oh. They were Jewish too. They had a mezuzah or whatever the fuck you call it. Mezuzah? Do you guys live in one of these houses? Because I'm shooting a music video. I'm actually a rapper. Diggy, the rapper. <laughs> Did he actually do this? No yeah. yeah. No, good luck with your video. Really epic video. Unfortunately, no. Uh, fuck me. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm fine. My name's Dave. Yes. Nice to meet you. And you are? So I'm actually a rapper, and I'm shooting a music video where the, the concept of the video is how can I make the most epic rap video ever for no money, right? Like, what's a part of an epic rap video? Like, nice cars nice houses. So we're going around hoping that someone would let us use their house for 15 minutes to film. Je you, you want to do it right now? If it's possible. Is yeah. it just you guys? Yeah, yeah. Oh. 15 minutes in and out. I, I suppose that's, that's all right. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Sorry to disturb you. This is my crew, hey. small crew. Type of motherfucker that'll check the check, do the math, I ain't never getting robbed. Those margaritas not going on my car. I ain't about to split a damn thing for convenience sake. I'm at the restaurant working that way. Hold up, you ain't heard a little day, young elder Jew biz major. Fuck you know about the world he raised in. I've been saving money since a motherfucker 13. I wear the same pair of jeans every day. Three sandwiches, homie, two stairs. Sound like John Morgan. Book flight December, but I leave in May. Drugs are generic, but still work the same. I get logins for Netflix for my cousin Greg. Thanks, Greg. I'm a rapper. I'm shooting a music video where the premise is how can I make the most epic rap video ever without spending any money? Because the song is called Save That Money. And it's all about saving money as opposed to spending it. It'd be like if I could grab one of these McLarens for like 15 minutes. Uh have to do with saving money though you know what a full verse would have been too expensive anyways i, I ain't parking that unless to meet a green homie haircut seven was that english homie 
the yes. motherfucking lights when I leave, homie. Single plot TP ass bleed. Airbnb the motherfucking lease. I'm never there. I'm out in Cali. Why the fuck my company in Delaware? And happy hour taking out a chicken. I don't even care. Now the plot's to both dating and wings. Keep matinees, phone bill. Got the motherfucking fam on it. 401k rolling over bands on it. Copper sweaters okay, in the summer good. when the sale on them. The fuck you rappers bragging about? You overpaying for it. There was okay, some depth so, in there. He's talking about having a corporation in Delaware, which is like a really effective strategy for like saving taxes. Yeah, like uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Berkshire Hathaway is set up in Delaware. Let me just see here. I think it was Microsoft, and then they like did something more, more, uh, more hey, intricate. John, this is a long song, and it could be. Uh... Uh, it could be we could have read any verse, but I would say this one's pretty good, John. Let me give it a try. Yeah, you looking for a good good line? No, it was. Uh... Anyway, I'm pretty sure it's from. Anyway, it's just funny. Okay, okay. Rap game got it all wrong. We ain't bow to go and spend money just to flex on them. We ain't really got it all like y'all. Yeah, baby. I'm a type of motherfucker that'll check the check. Do the math. I ain't never getting robbed. No. Those margaritas not going on my card. No. I ain't about to split a damn thing for the convenience sake. I'm at the restaurant working that waitress. Hold up. You ain't heard of little Dave? Young L? The Jew biz major? Eh? Fuck you. Know about the world he was raised in. Fuck. I've been saving money since a motherfucking 13. I wear the same pair of jeans every day. It's true. Free sandwiches, homie. Two stamps away. It's true. Book flight December, but I leave in May. I do. Drugs are generic, but still work the same. I get logins for Netflix from my cousin Greg. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> there we go. John, you know what quote will go perfectly with this? The one you sent me about the bolts on the railway. Oh, actually, I could read that. Can I read you this should. one, then that one? Sure. I, I, have I actually just want to highlight, though, that this isn't really that whack. It's almost more wisdom. based oh, on what Well, th this is, might be the first. Well, actually, hold on. You know what? I'm going to read the other quote first and then I'll go back to this one because yeah, okay. yeah. at this point, because, okay, this is who's more frugal. <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't think the railway guy was frugal. I think he's just being smart. Well, okay. Well, anyways, we, anyways go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll let the audience decide. Okay. One day I was walking with Mr. Harriman on the road. He noticed a track bolt. And by the way, Mr. Harriman is a uh, owner of a railroad. One day, I was walking with Mr. Harriman on the road. He noticed a track bolt and asked me why so much of the bolt should be protruding beyond the nut. I replied, it is the size which is generally used. Why should we use a bolt of such length that, um, that a part of it is useless, I replied. Well, when you come right down to it, there is no reason. We, longed, we walked along and he asked me how many track bolts there were to a mile of track, and I told him. Thereupon he remarked, well, in the Union Pacific and Southern Pacific, we have about 18,000 miles of track, and there must be some 50 million track bolts in our system. If you can cut out an ounce from every bolt, you will save 50 million ounces of iron, and that is something worthwhile. Change your bolt standard. Boom. I love that quote. It's a good quote. Efficiencies. So, yeah, I mean, definitely the same motivators at play. You know, Lil Dicky and Mr. Uh, Mr. Railroad, definitely. Cut Mr. from Herman. the same cloth. Yeah. Okay. So here's a quote. This is from Discourses on Livy by Niccolo Machiavelli. Machiavelli. I read that for school. 
let he who has become a prince in a republic also consider how much more praise those emperors merited who, after Rome became an empire, lived under the laws and as good princes, than those who lived in a contrary manner. And he will also see that it was not necessary for the praetorian soldiers or the multitudes of the legions to defend Titus, Nerva, Trajan, Hydratrajan, Hadrian, Antoninus, and Marcus, who is, by the way, Marcus Aurelius, because their customs, the goodwill of the people, and the love of the Senate would defend them. He will also see that the eastern and western armies were not sufficient to save Calugla, Nero, Vitellius, and so many other wicked emperors from those enemies which their bad customs and evil lives had lived up against them. So, essentially, it's interesting how good emperors just don't even need people to defend them, whereas the evil ones, it doesn't matter how many people, they will get assassinated, right? Mm -hmm. And it's something to consider, like, you know, as a business owner, you know... That's so funny. That's also written by Machiavelli. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is it's like, as a business owner, it, like... Like, if you're constantly worried about your people quitting on you, and you're constantly worried about things going wrong, it's... It, it, like, there's no, basically this way, there's no amount of prep. If you're a bad leader, there's no amount of preparation that will, lead, you know, that will uh, save you. you. I mean, you you have to just be a strong leader. You have to be someone who's, you know, liked by the people. You have to be for the people, right? And they will defend you, right? You can sleep easy at night if the people that you're leading can trust and they believe in you. But do you, do you see the irony in this? Because it's almost very hard for those good emperors to also be good and be feared. This is the same mm. guy that wrote The Prince. Interesting enough. We might as well read a little bit further. Yeah, I kind of want to know. Because it welfare, seems like a... Uh, the welfare of a republic or a kingdom, therefore, is not in having a prince who governs prudently while he lives, but one who organizes in a way that if he should die, it will still maintain itself. Oh... Mic drop. I don't know actually if that saves the point. No, it does, Ammer. It's saying that you shouldn't fear the king, you should fear the kingdom. Because if the kingdom can exist without the king, and the, the king is merely a, a placeholder, for lack of a better term, there's something else to fear, right? So, you know, if, if Trade Arc was something worth being scared of, it could exist without you. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand that. Yeah. But then if you look at, like, The Prince, the book The Prince was written for a prince. Oh, And it God. talked okay. about just the prince, just not saying the, just the, the king, not the kingdom. The I just find it written. ironic, and it kind of supports that one theory that um, that I read online and from my history professor that I um Well, you're, you're, you're referring to up. the line, it's, it's better to be feared than loved, right? Yeah, but the, overall, the... the there's actually some critics who say that the prince was satirical. Yeah, nature. there is there is a, there is an argument for that it is satirical. Right? Yeah, and and reading the discourse on Livy actually provides some of some contradictions to what is said on in the well, prince. Well, I mean, it, you could almost argue that the most Machiavellian thing about the prince is the fact that maybe there was some bad advice in there. Yes, there you go. That's the irony that, that I was talking about. Yeah, earlier. potentially, but but. I, I think I've come I've come to like 
you know, think that maybe there's, there's a bit more nuance to it than just simply that. Like, it's also possible that, I mean, things are, I mean, well, this is definitely the case. Things are situational. Well, yeah, you remember, well, you, in the context of the prince, I mean, when he said it's better be, to be feared than loved, he was specifically talking about a prince who um, uh, is uh, a new prince, like is just captured a territory. It's better to be feared than loved. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically he in that was situation. Writing it, yeah. He was writing it to a new prince at the time. It was Lorenzo, I think, right? Well, uh I'm, 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 to be so honest, I'm, sense. Uh, it, it could have been addressed to the Medici's, like Lorenzo Medici, but uh, but he but there, there was different segments in the book where in Italy, we're talking about the prince, where he's talking about different aspects of like, are you a prince who's you know inherited something, or are you a prince that has acquired something? And there's a difference between those two, right? Yeah, and yeah, so You'll, you, yeah, yeah, you're less respected if you're inherited, so you have to earn that respect through other means. Well, yeah, there's a section here too, like where he writes about like, um, there was a much discussion as to who was the more ambitious, he who wanted to maintain his power or he who wanted to acquire it. Since the desires of either the one or the other could be the cause of the greatest tumults, but nonetheless, more frequently, they are caused by those who possess power for the fear of losing it generates in them the same desires that are though that are in those who want to acquire it. Because it does not seem to men, because it does not seem to men to possess securely that which they have, unless they acquire more from others. And moreover, those who possess much can make changes with greater power and facility. And what is yet worse is that their breaking out in ambitious conduct arouses in the breasts of those who do not possess power the desire to possess it either to avenge themselves against them, the former, by despoiling them, or in order to make it possible also for them to partake of those riches and honors which they see are also badly used by others. It's kind of a wordy sentence, but in the sense, he's basically saying, there's just one line here that's... Uh, um, the fear of losing it generates in them the same desires that are in those who want to acquire it, Right. Yeah, I thought yeah. of Donald Trump instantly when when he said that. You know, people always you know shunned him and discredited him for coming in with already moderate wealth, but he would have from that statement, people like him who are born into riches have the same desires to keep the wealth and not lose it as much as create it for the first time, which I actually doubt. I don't know. Well, I don't know if I believe that. But when you define power, I mean, everyone has a little bit of power in their life, right? And so it's interesting how, you know, because like some people's source of power, um, like like there's a, like Robert Greene talks about this, about how like people who like say they, they don't want power, right? Are actually the best at getting Yeah, it. the ones you should, well, yeah, but so the ones that don't want power, they don't want to lose the current power they have though. And and, and that's the same desire of wanting more, right? So it's, it's mm. just the same thing, right? Mm. Yeah. Very interesting. Did you think about that blog idea, John? About write, uh, write, about writing. Couple people reached out to the Instagram account saying they would enjoy a blog. You know what? I actually wrote something. This maybe became a habit, but there's actually something I wrote that I wanted to read. Well, if that's a habit, I want to encourage it. So, 
please. I think I wrote something. One second. Yeah, I did. You know what's funny? You know what I'm thinking about? Remember when oh, you used to do? Remember when you used to do segments? Yeah, isn't that kind of weird? Academics with Austin and was that kind of weird? Amers accredited advice. Amers yeah, I was thinking. Advice. I was thinking back right now. I'm like, John's I can't jargon. That. John's jargon. Okay, here, here's something I wrote. Actually, interesting enough, this actually is in very much in line with what you were talking about, Austin. And this mm-hmm. actually was the mental process that I went through when I was facing uh, a very difficult situation uh, oh, wow. about a week okay. and a half ago. This is this okay. is me actually just pouring my thoughts out. Okay. Do your judgments stand the test of scrutiny? Are they really what your impulses will have you believe? You are suffering. Does it need to be so? Only if you want it your way do you need to suffer. Why not surrender to fate and accept what has been granted to you? Why continue to resist what has been given to you? How ungrateful you are for denying what life has prepared for you. Are you simply not strong enough? Does your character not stand on its own two feet? It appears as though it is merely propped up by your misjudgments of who you really are. Remember, leave each day as if it's your last, without pretension, without apathy, without frenzy. Rekindle your sense of duty and straighten yourself. Stop floating simply where your emotions carry you and elevate your perspective. Remember the hierarchy of minds. The lower exists for the work of those higher. Events create the path you then walk on. Don't step where there is no path. Wait, wait, wait. Don't step where there's no path? What? Events create the path you then walk on. Don't step where there is no path. I'm not sure I follow that. Well, if you live in a world of pretension, you're walking on on, on air. Like if, if, you're, if you want, like if you're resisting fate... If you're wanting mm. things to be a way that's that's actually not, you're not walking on stable ground. The events that arise within your life then become. This is the impediment to action advances action quote from Marcus Aurelius, right? When the obstacle arises or when the hardship arises, that then becomes the what you can then walk on. Like that then is the staircase to your next level, right? Yeah. Whereas if you want to live in the world where that doesn't exist, you're now walking where there is no path. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love I your writing. You it's, to, uh, I think you need to write a blog, John. That isn't necessarily like a weekly thing. It's just when you have something like that that comes in. Well, your I mean, I, I do. I mean, I do write periodically, so I could just simply upload these somewhere. Yeah, that would be amazing. I think yeah. that would be great. I was, you, you know what do. I was also always thinking. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even want to say this out loud, but but um, Amber, I was almost thinking like, do you like the quotes that I send you quite often? Yeah, of course. I would like to be. Uh, I would like to be sent these quotes as well. Because I was gonna say, like, I highlight a lot, and I and I have it on my Kindle that it auto sends, like, some of my highlights at least. Like, I can click which ones I want to send off. Oh wow! Yeah. So when I highlight, I just click send, and it just sends to everyone that I have on my on my quote list. That's that's fire. Can you add me to that quote list? Yeah, I can. Yeah, Thank but like you. I have different like, but I have like different lists for different things. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, like different some people, colors. If you highlight it in green, it'll send it to kind of not really, but like like for example, like I have like I have like my friend Tristan, right? He like he's more interested in like market related quotes. So I'll send right. him the more quotes that are based on that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you want to be a part of that list, 
mail uh, mail John Morgan at P.O. Box. <laughs> you could also just send me an email. Yeah, you just send, that, if you just send me an email, add, I'll add you to my list. It's it's pretty interesting though. I mean, because it, it effectively. And what's your what email? Uh, it's uh, John. Well, yeah, yeah okay. choose the right one. Pick it's, the right one it's here. John dot Allen dot Morgan at gmail dot com. But it's J O H N dot A L L A N dot Morgan M O R G A N at gmail dot com. And if you just send me an email with the subject line, add to highlight list, which is just my quotes. Effectively, what you would get, and this is no work on my part, by the way. Like, I mean, I just enter your email, and you're just going to get a a blanket sweep of just all my quotes but effectively when i'm reading for multiple hours each day any of my highlights will just get emailed to you that's so and on sick. top of it Definitely and on top of it you'll it. actually get a link to the book i'm reading and you'll get the first two chapters for free huh yeah make sure you enter code john m and check out <laughs> no no, no. if you have a kindle though you can by the way do low key i discovered so like I, I really like so oh this is so fire so I I, I really <laughs> like reading like really nuanced book like really not nuanced um uh niche really like yeah niche there's a good yeah niche books for, like written like a long time ago right and a lot of these books if you want to try and get a physical copy are like ridiculously expensive yeah three hundred like, so, four hundred bucks yeah a good example is like there's this book called Pierre uh, or Pierre Hadot's um, Inner Citadel which is like a hundred dollar book. Right, which is not like I mean, it's for a book. It's that's a lot, right? And and that's like you could get even like first editions of that for you know crazier, right? This is just like a, a soft cover. On the Kindle, you can buy books written like a hundred years ago for like th- like three dollars. Like I, I bought a book that's like it's one of my favorite books now, and it, it was like two dollars and sixty four cents. Yeah, no, because, Kindle is is, is is crazy. Oh, dude, yeah. Whereas, like, that same book on eBay, which I'd have to wait, like, weeks to, you know, maybe even months to get, right, would be some ludicrous amount of money. Yeah. Ridiculous. What a great invention. I think I'm going to look into Kindle. Dude, Kindles are fat. Yeah, Kindles are, are low-key. The only thing <laughs> they need to get on there... Actually. The ki- what, what the Kindle needs to improve upon, though, is they need to get newspapers on there. The fact that you can't get newspapers on a Kindle is mind-blowing to me. Mm. Newspapers? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing Yeah. No. Just the Globe and that's Mail. The place that's what it. I read. Oh. Yeah. I don't read the news. Well, you don't have to read the news, but... I <laughs> <laughs> know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I think we'll we'll, we'll see. You don't have to. You're right. Mm. Um, All right, I think this is a good place to wrap up, guys. See each other next week. It's so random, but it's so funny. Okay, (laughs) guys. All right, guys. Thanks, thanks for joining us on this other this beautiful conversation. John. Allen. Morgan. Code John M at checkout. Thank you for listening to Weekly Call. (laughs) Leave us a five star review. Yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on a second. If you actually like this episode, you're sitting on your couch, you're scrolling, you have access to your phone, go to Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It'll really help us reach other franchisees, other contracting business owners, other like-minded people. Whatever so. platform you're on, yeah. So, thank, thank you for you listening. Thank you guys so much. 
Hey listeners, thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the weekly call pod or through email at the weekly call pod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material. And just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.